Hey, Outcomes Rocket Nation, Saul Marquez here. Have you heard of SanCL? That's the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders. We've teamed up with them to put together a podcast series for Nurses Month. In this 12-part series, we'll magnify and elevate nurse innovators' expertise as transformation agents who contribute to healthcare reform and improved outcomes. Through interviews with these amazing nurse leaders and innovators, we'll help you connect the dots in a world where nurses are significant leaders recognized for transforming healthcare and society. Visit outcomesrocket.health slash sansiel to learn more. That's outcomesrocket.health slash sansiel, S-O-N-S-I-E-L to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. And today I have the pleasure of hosting Veronica Smith-Sutherland. She is an outstanding nurse, APRN, MSN, serial entrepreneur, and ultimately a board-certified family nurse practitioner by the American Academy of Nurse Credentialing Center, holding a license provided by the state of North Carolina to provide family-centered healthcare to patients of all ages. Her scope of uh, practice encompasses health promotion, disease prevention, diagnosis, and management of common and complex healthcare problems beginning in childhood and continuing through the aging process. Her career began in nursing's most crisis-oriented areas, such as the emergency departments, cardiovascular trauma, medical and surgical intensive care units, as well as interventional cardiac procedural units. After seeing that there was a health disparity in the underserved populations, she began trying to close the gap of knowledge from hospitalization to care given in a patient's home by which she opened a home health agency that served the state of North Carolina with four locations and South Carolina with two locations. As previously founding member and chief executive officer of Tri-South Health Services Incorporated and one source of the Carolinas LLC, she is just an extraordinary care provider and an entrepreneur. And as part of the SanCL leadership series focused on the importance and power of the nurse. I am so privileged to have Veronica join us here today. Veronica, thanks for being with us. Thank you. I don't know who you were reading about, but she sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> you are awesome. <laughs> Sometimes we, we, we like are so just head down getting things done that you're like, wow, I actually did all that. Right. Exactly. You wake up one day and you go, oh, I've been busy the last 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having oh me. Oh my gosh. It's a, it's a pleasure. And uh, I'm excited for our chat today. Veronica, so before we get into the, the blocking and tackling, the nitty gritty, let's talk about what inspires your work in healthcare. Talk to us about that. Well, exactly what my bio says. I originally got started as a healthcare entrepreneur because I was working in the ER the emergency department. So I wanted to provide preventative care. And what that meant was closing the gap for those individuals that were frequent flyers in the emergency room, where they were most often utilizing the emergency room for primary care issues instead of what it was intentionally made for, which is to keep you from dying. So the emergency room is for, you know, issues where you imminently could die. And so that gap was ever so present. And so what I wanted to do basically was help people stay at home and not have to come to the emergency rooms. Because again, like like I said before, we all know that that drives up the cost of healthcare. 
And so being able to provide home care services for those people who needed management of their chronic comorbidities or that needed skilled nursing services that could be provided in the home versus coming into the hospital, that was initially how I got started. And so I opened a home care agency in North Carolina. And because I had worked in healthcare and in the acute care setting of the hospitals, a lot of the physicians knew me. So I was able to honestly build a a very viable business on word of mouth referrals from colleagues uh, to provide those services that people needed in their home Mm -hmm. instead of, again, coming into the emergency room. So that's how I initially got started in healthcare as a business owner. That's amazing. Well, you know, kudos to you, Veronica, for doing this, right? I mean, you could have just said, man, this is just what it is. So we'll provide care. I'm here to execute on a task. But you stepped back and said, you know what? There's more that could be done here. And it's that type of, you know, action, that type of leadership action that really makes a difference for communities and the healthcare system at large. So your home care business then you, you know, I guess the main funding source, was it Medicaid dollars? So initially when we first got started, yes, Uh um, it was based on Medicaid Uh uh, because that's where we could get, of course, reimbursement from. And then we ventured off into private pay and then third-party payers for insurances, more of a supplemental um, insurance because most major medical insurance carriers don't cover home care. They cover Mm -hmm. home health for a very limited time, and it's generally about four to six weeks. So home care, us being able to offer uh, assistance with daily living, things like bathing and dressing and grooming, we then were able to provide the skilled nursing uh, tasks that were needed, like, you know, wound care or uh, tube feeding, um, those types of things where, or medication administration. So we're able to then add additional services, which again, we were able to provide services for people that any in any other instance would have had to go to the hospital for totally. inpatient. So we were able to keep those um, dollars circulating in our healthcare system as they should and keep those patients at home that could be managed at home safely and properly by appropriate licensed healthcare nurses. I love it. Good for you. You didn't have to do that. You know, you could have just punched in and punched out. Why'd you do it? You know, I'm, I'm very transparent. And so what I'll say is to that is I was tired of working really, really hard for the same people all the time. Um, And so I felt (laughs) as though our healthcare system was tilted. And what I mean by that is if you bog down the ER system with things like toothaches, hangnails, that does not lend itself to a very efficient healthcare system for the people that really need trauma services or are coming in with a, what we call a STEMI, cardiac arrest, Mm -hmm. like the emergencies. So, you know, we would have to really work hard to keep the people who were not necessarily in critical condition happy while we were trying to save a life. And so I thought, you know what, you'd be happier at your house dealing with whatever this issue is instead of coming in to see me every month. And a lot of people, again, don't always understand how to use their primary care provider or sometimes don't even have one. Right. And so for those particular patients, they honestly were much better off in their own environment anyway. It's less stress. They're exposed to less, I'm going to say bacteria, yeah. uh, because it's, you know, they're in their own environment. And so the more that we can keep the people who are non-emergent in their homes and manage those people, we have, you know, more room and more available staff 
to be able to handle those cases uh, that really need the space for the emergencies. So I just kind of saw it like, hey, I got to do my part. And I started kind of surveying patients. Hey, listen, now you're coming in here every month for, you know, blood pressure issues. You know, if you had somebody to come to your house, you know, and they would, oh my God, I would love that. So the response from the patients was like, yeah, who wants to come into the ER and wait for five hours? Nobody, if they don't have to. And so they would much prefer to have care at home anyway. And so again, you're talking, you know, 20 years ago at this point. And so I just kind of took the idea and was very innovative and creative with it and just wanted, hey, we can do this at home. Let's do it. Let's see how we can make it work, right? It's so practical, such a great thing for the people coming in for that care and makes the ER even more efficient. So I I think that's that's amazing. And so there's another thing that you're up to. It's called My Flow. Tell Mm -hmm. us about that. So life happened and Uh I, I grew the business from one office to six. Um, Like my bio said, we ended up with 200 employees. Uh, In 2008, we had a change of administration when the Obama administration came in. And so he made a lot of changes for small businesses. And so that affected home care in a not so great way. And so I actually had to close all of my offices except for two that were based on contracts at the time you know, departments of social services. So we were getting, you know, state funding from that. So we we were able to kind of hang on to a very small population of patients. Mm -hmm. And during that time, um, financially, I suffered personally, um, went bankrupt and, you know, trying to to salvage the business. There were a lot of changes with Medicaid at that time. Uh, If you remember, we had a recession. So people that were Mm -hmm. paying privately could no longer afford it because they were no longer working and making salaries that they were making before. So we had a lot of change in payer sources. So what I had to do was pivot. You know, that's the word of the day now. So Mm -hmm. even back in 2008, I had to pivot the business. And so I went back to school, became an advanced practitioner because before I was operating as a registered nurse. And so I went back to school and got my nurse practitioner Mm -hmm. so that I could provide even a higher level of care for patients as a provider versus just as a nurse. And so I went from taking orders to now giving them. And I opened four offices in Charlotte. And so it grew from house care, literally, again, that same kind of practical application of healthcare, going back to, you know, doctors doing house calls back in the day. Yeah. I started out doing house calls as a nurse practitioner and built a very viable practice here locally. And so the patients that were dehydrated from an acute illness, let's just say they had, you know, they were dehydrated from traveling or, you know, had jet lag or were trying to overcome some sort of gastric issue. I started giving them IV hydration. And so they loved it and it became a thing. And so patients that were no longer sick, wanted to have their IV hydration drips, but more on the preventive side of it. And so you can't charge insurance for that. Insurance doesn't pay for, (laughs) for, uh, yeah, for wellness, right? They only pull when you're sick, which is crazy. um, Another topic. (laughs) Yeah. Another topic. So I had to create another business model for that part of the business. And it literally took off. And so I always say shout out to Kim Kardashian because she made it popular. (laughs) He made IV drips popular, right? So then everybody wanted to drip. Everybody wanted, you know, to have these vitamin blends to make them feel better, be better, look better. 
And so it became a trendy part of healthcare, even though the micronutrient therapy truly is viable, your body truly does benefit from all of the vitamins and minerals working to help your body function in its optimal level, it just took off. And so I had patients coming from everywhere that just wanted a drip. And I was like, okay, so what do we do with this? And so I took my passion to help people feel good, right? Yes. And to do it at home. Again, that's still the same premise that of what model we're doing. that you know. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it turned into a million dollar business, literally. <laughs> and so <laughs> I it just became it was difficult initially because I there wasn't a lot of information out about micronutrient therapy at the time. And uh, we're talking about eight years ago. So it's still we're really pioneering new. this thing. Yeah, and who knew? Right. Who knew? Who knew? I just wanted people to feel good. Like I just wanted my little old ladies to be perky and it worked. And so word of mouth, yet again, is the best marketing tool. People just Amen. started talking about it. And, you know, we were getting people calling, they were stopping by the practice. They're just like, oh yeah, I want that thing. We're like, what thing? What are you talking about? And so it was the dream. So exactly. And so the Watch My Flow was born out of flow, hydration, and wellness. And so I took the feeling that I want things to just kind of flow easy. I'm I'm pretty laid back most Mm -hmm. of the time and I kind of go with the flow. And so it just made sense for me. It did, it did. So it just, the brand was born, right? Flow, hydration, and wellness, which again has rolled into Watch My Flow, which is actually the academy where I teach other healthcare entrepreneurs how to start IV hydration businesses. I teach it around the country because- 2020 taught us that, hey, healthcare may not be the end-all be-all, and we have to approach it a little differently. So as healthcare providers, uh, people are kind of looking for something um, in addition to their service at the hospital or whatever, you know, acute care or ambulatory care setting they're working in. And so here we are having trained over 850 healthcare entrepreneurs over the past two and a half, three years on IV hydration business. And so- It's wonderful. And we're opening in Ghana in June. I saw that. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, a fantastic story, Veronica. I mean, I just love it. You know, the first business, you got a a couple punches, but you got right back up. And, you know, you prepared. And uh, if it does happen again, you've got this two kind of bifurcated strategy to make sure that the business is safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it did happen. It was COVID. So again. Yeah. Like, so you have to, which is why I use the word pivot. So I think people thought pivot was coined in 2020. It was not for the business entrepreneur. (laughs) And so yet again, I was, but I was more prepared in 2020 when, you know, we had to shut down or we had to, you know, make provisions to make sure we had enough PPE to keep staff safe and that kind of thing. So pivot for me was not coined in 2020. Pivot for me started, you know, 20 years ago when you have to kind of figure out how to move and shape or, you know, how to manage multiple things um, at the same time to get the best outcome. It may not be your ideal outcome, but it may be the best outcome at the time. So it's been, 2020 has been good and bad. Good in the sense that I was able to curate a whole wellness center during a pandemic while we were shut down and decided to incorporate IV hydration into the wellness center for all aspects. I own a um, pain management practice. And so for those patients who have chronic pain and suffer from other comorbidities, they were suffering, of course, during COVID. You couldn't get out, you couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't do your normal thing. And so we kind of forget about those people that are, you know, that were already 
homebound and that were already, um, you know, living not their quote unquote best life at the time. So we were able to kind of incorporate wellness to include physical wellness, uh, the mental health part of wellness that a lot of people are dealing with on a regular basis. And then on top of that, you had a pandemic and then we have a whole new situation, of course. And so we're able to incorporate mental health wellness where we now do ketamine infusions for our patients who are dealing with anxiety and depression. And a lot of which honestly have affected healthcare providers, nurses, and you know your medical technicians, your respiratory therapists, your doctors, your the housekeeping staff at the hospital, everybody was affected. And so we no longer have that. I'll always have a job in healthcare mentality because COVID has taught us <laughs> you might not. Yep. And so, and then we were able to add aesthetic wellness under our wellness umbrella because people want to feel pretty. Even if you have to do a Zoom every day yeah, for you the rest good. of your life. You want to feel you know, good. You want to look good. Exactly. Yeah. You want to look good and feel good. So we were able to curate this model of wellness that honestly is the only model like this that I know of. I've done research, especially in the Southeastern region. There's nothing like this. And so COVID gave me time to just kind of think and be brilliant. I like to say, I used to say crazy, but I use the word brilliant instead. Um, <laughs> it's a good kind substitute. Of come up with, Fine right? line. Yeah. Fine so line. I had to come up with, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, but it just kind of worked. And so we were able to pull all the aspects of wellness together to help many, many different patients. So there, so wellness in general includes IV hydration for sure, but there's so many facets of wellness. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we went there. What a great story. Just parlays your first experience with home care to this new one and really, you know, gets to the center of the innovative leader scientist spirit of nurses. And and folks, you're listening to this, you're like, whoa, this is awesome. What a great story. Well, yeah, you know, and it is fantastic. And this is the type of work that nurses do. Veronica, what do you believe people need to know that maybe they don't know about the role of nursing? Um, well, I think most people, again, consider nursing as a profession to be the most trusted profession. I think we've been coined that for the past 20 years. And so patients generally will trust information that nurses give based on, you know, whatever their current situation is. Outside of the trust that patients have for us, I think mm-hmm. just people in the community at large, people in general, because you have to be a nurturer to yeah. be a nurse. It takes a special person. It takes a special nurse to work in the different specialties that we have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think innately we are givers. Innately, mm-hmm. um, we have the spirit of there's got to be a better way, you know? Yeah, and totally. so you just kind of take that, you throw in a little tenacity, some spunk, you know, a little bit of the laughter, and you come out with something that is incredible, something that is, you know, could be disruptive. And I mean, disruptive in a great way and innovative and creative and fulfilling. And so I know for myself, I always had that, this can't be it kind of mentality. Like, you know, there's got to be more. And so I just think my stead has been in life to, to be that, you know, change agent. Let's, let's push the envelope. Let's see, you know, what are some of the limitations and some of the barriers that we can overcome and break through. And so Sanseo honestly has been a catalyst for that. So I, again, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of such a group of wonderful, badass nurses. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that, but I you do. can, so. you can, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said you're direct. I love that about you. 
Yeah, I can't help it. They are badasses. All the nurses. That's the ER training. That's the. (laughs) (laughs) There's no time to like you know to be fluffy here. Get to the point. We're changing lives and saving them at the same time. So, regardless of whether you're in acute care or not, um, whether you're a nursing student trying to figure it out, trying to pass, you know your AP exam, the tenacity that it takes to be a nurse is already there. And so I think as veteran nurses, we just have to cultivate the culture of nursing more so that more people want to go into nursing and they understand that there's more to nursing than just being a nurse at the bedside. There's so many different things that you can do. I created my own lane from, you know, again, a gap that I saw with working at the bedside. So nurses are innovators, we're creators, we're inventors, we are in informatics. We we're everywhere. So everywhere. Um, yeah. Every, like literally 50% everywhere. of all care. I've learned this through the Sanciel series. 50% of all care is provided by nurses. Absolutely. Just the breadth of care, the quantity of care. I'm overwhelmed. And I mean, just learning so much from all of you. So, uh, and I know the listeners are too. So, you know, you have led from the front line and you are a leader of, of a business of, of clinics Give us an example of when you saw your nursing team provide a great solution to a problem. Um, trying to get PE during COVID. <laughs> yeah, PE um, during COVID. Yeah, yeah, trying to make sure that you know patients are taken care of even before they took care of themselves, which was beautiful and horrible at the same time. And so I think we we have to remember those, and I call them fallen heroes, our fallen colleagues as well. That ultimately paid the price of their life to take care of patients during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that is, you know, recently that is the, the thing that's in the forefront of my brain is seeing people, you know, give masks when they didn't even have a mask mm-hmm. or to share a gown when they didn't have a gown, like those types of things. And so just selflessness to the degree that they care selflessness to the degree that they are dedicated to their patients speaks volumes to the character of the nurse. And so, you know, I think there's no, there's no more beautiful story than that, honestly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just got goosebumps by that. And, you know, a lot of nurses at the beginning, right? Everybody was getting COVID. Just remember like, you know, a lot of friends and family friends and friends of friends, like, yeah, she got COVID. Well, you're in the front lines doing what you're doing. This is a big deal. And another point that uh, one of the other nurse leaders uh, brought up, Veronica, is that the majority of people administering the vaccine are nurses. So thank your nurse when you get your vaccine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have six testing centers here that we oversee. And so the nurses are doing the tests. We get the results and our providers will, we at first were calling everyone. The lab would call and the the joke was, you guys have to make 300 calls today because we literally were calling every single person, whether they were positive or not. Um, Just to say, you know, even if it was a high, you know, you're negative, it's a, listen, you're negative, but these are the things you can do to continue to do your part. Mm -hmm. Or it's, hey, unfortunately, you're positive. These are the things that you can do to make sure that, you know, you're in the best position to fight this thing. So, or to triage them when they needed to go to the ER. Because some people were so afraid when this thing 
initially popped off to even go to the hospital when they needed to. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of education. And so um, I did a, a um, interview with our local uh, news here. And so I was telling them, we are the front line for the front line. You know, mm-hmm. even though we're not in the hospital setting, we are still communicating and educating people in our community so that they know when to go to the ER, so that they know when to go get tested or what they're looking for. So we did our part and I absolutely love every single person that was on my team that helped get through that when we were doing, you know, COVID telemedicine visits to make sure that people were uh, taken care of even in their home. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that's just wonderful. That's just wonderful, Veronica. And what would you say you're you're most excited about today? Um, I'm probably really excited about opening up the Flow Hydration and Wellness in Ghana. In Ghana. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot that believe exciting. that we are to be international. I just never yeah. thought that, you know, this little girl from Pitt County, North Carolina would ever, ever be in a position to provide health and wellness for people on another continent. Like mm. that blows my mind, um, you know, <laughs> awesome. let alone. Why Ghana? Why did you decide but, Ghana? Um, I, Ghana kind of decided me, actually. So I kind of do missions work um, at least every other year. But of course, because of COVID, yeah. we were very limited. So the, the opportunity there, yeah. arose to be able to do a water well dedication because um, some of the villages, of course, still have pot water. And so I went over, did the visit, and um, was a part of that whole well dedication. And um, I was talking to one of the physicians, and I said, you know, IV hydration is what we need in Ghana to be able to provide another level of wellness. And he agreed. And he was just like, so let's make it happen. Literally, an hour later, I'm sitting in a boardroom with attorneys and builders and construction people and design team. And they're like, okay, what do you need us to do? And I thought, really? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Just, and so it it honestly, because they understand the benefit of wellness Mm -hmm. um, and they understand, and they've seen it do very, very well, of course, in the States. And, And even internationally, there's, you know, IV hydration Bali, there's some places you know, in Asia, they're just, it's all over the world. And so people now are recognizing that micronutrient therapy is great at preventive care, like a preventive wellness. And it makes sense. And so every country is trying to make sure that they are putting their residents and their citizens um, in the best physical condition to be able to fight off anything that would, of course, um, be detrimental to their health. And so this is just a perfect time to explore those options. And hey, as a disruptor, as a game changer, I'm game. Like, let's do it. So we're doing it. I love it. So your platform is V the NP? It is. I am V the NP across all social media platforms. And I am V the NP at gmail.com. If someone wants to reach out via email and uh, yeah, so I don't really do social media a whole lot because I'm kind of (laughs) busy, but I wouldn't um, have guessed, you know, out of all the stuff you have (laughs) done. I enjoy, I enjoy, uh, but I enjoy building the community uh, via social media. I really do. I, the nurses are so supportive that, you know, nursing students and, you know, nurses that are still on the front line working COVID assignments and nurses that are 
you know, ready to retire, but want to do a little something different and not quite sure what to do with that. So my audience, my target audience is everybody. So there are millions of nurses out there that I don't know, and I'd love to know each and every one of them. So please feel free to reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. That's fantastic. Well, you certainly are an, an inspiring leader, be a fantastic person. And I'm really glad we got to spend some time with you as part of this Sanciel Nurse Leadership Series. Uh, keep innovating, keep doing the amazing things that you're doing. We need them. And so a big thank you from, from all of us. It is my honor and privilege to serve. Thanks for tuning in to the Sanciel Nurse Leadership Series. For the show notes and to learn more about how you could have nurses join your mission, visit us at outcomesrocket.health slash Sanciel. That's outcomesrocket.health slash Sanciel. 